Hello and welcome to the Fish on Ted podcast, where we talk about the business of hunting and fishing. Hello, this is Ted Johnson with the Fish on Ted podcast. I want to thank you all for listening today. And we have a really amazing guest. And I'm, I've been excited about doing an interview with Ted. His name is Ted also. Um, oh, gosh, for the, the last couple months. And uh, Ted Tufel is a professional fishing guide, i.e. the name, in uh, Tillamook, Oregon. And Ted is known throughout not only the fishing circles, but also through the Guides and Outfitters Network as one of the top guides out there right now. And so, uh, Ted, are you with us? I am. Hey, Ted, thanks much for uh, taking time out of your busy day. It's the holidays and, and uh, coming and chatting with us today. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks. No, no. Well, well very good. Well, hey, Ted, you know, I'm sure a lot of people that are listening to this know who you are. Um, your name comes up almost weekly, if not more than that, when I have conversations with other Northwest guides and people are going, do you know Ted Tufel? You know, and, and I hear things like, you know, he's knocking out of the park right now and that kind of stuff. But but tell us a little bit about your background, where you grew up, when you started fishing, and how in the world you got into this business. Um, so I've been fishing ever since I can remember as a little kid. Uh, grew up in the Portland area, uh -huh. um, fishing with my father and uh, uncle and their friends um, yeah. a lot. Tillamook area. Um, I lived here for 12 years now. Uh, moved here specifically for uh, the fishing. Ah, uh, okay, okay. So that that's in Tillamook, is that right? Yes, in Tillamook, Oregon. Yep. Okay. So for the, for those across the, the the U.S., you might know of Tillamook cheese. It's actually produced right there in Tillamook, isn't it? I live right down the street from it. Oh, do you really? Lucky <laughs> guy. I love their cheese, but. <laughs> Well, terrific. So in, in Portland, I mean, was your father or grandfather a guide or is it just sort of a passion of theirs? No, they're just avid fishermen. And uh, I remember my dad took me on a guided trip when I was younger. And uh, it's just something I thought would be fun to do. And uh, I really do enjoy it. It's what I've wanted to do ever since I was a little kid. Oh, oh terrific. And now is your dad still fishing with you? No, he passed away when I was younger. Oh, gee. Uh-huh. But uh, I feel that he does go fishing with me sometimes. But uh, very good. Uh, just what I live for. Yeah, ter terrific. Well, in in regards to being a guide, you became a guide how long ago now? Um, I got my first guide's license in two thousand and five or two thousand six, I believe. Ah, okay. What what were you doing before that? I worked at a ski resort for a while, and I actually guided fly fishing for trout um, in the McCall area. Oh, wow, um, really? area for a little while. Um, uh -huh. Went to college for like a year, but kind of just figuring out, uh, screwing around before I, I moved here, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, very good. Well, very good. So, so you got you went became a guide full time in two thousand and five. Is that right? Um, I started part time. I actually worked at Tillamook Sporting Goods, kind of part time, and then guided part time out of my drift boat. Yeah. Um, until I got busy enough, um, I think full time now. This is probably my almost my tenth year. This twenty nineteen is pro I think my tenth year of full time guiding. 
Wow, very good. Now the the Tillamook area, that's uh, on the what the north coast of Oregon, and and what do you fish for there? Uh, salmon and steelhead. Um, we have five rivers that come into Tillamook Bay. Uh-huh. Um, I've heard of the Wilson River, Trask River, um, the Kilchis River is also another one we can fish um, for by drift boat. Um, you know, then we have Tillamook Bay in the ocean. Right, right. Um, then the Stucca River and the Halem River, only about 20 minutes out of Tillamook here. So there's a lot of, a lot of options. And that's, I mean, uh, when I knew I wanted to be a full-time fishing guide, I moved here specifically um, because of the the nice fish we have here and the different areas we can fish. Yeah. So uh, it's, it sounds like you run a, a couple different types of boats. You have probably a sled, right? And then you have a drift boat. Um, yeah. I've um, got a brand new uh, Willie's uh, sled, their nemesis um, this year mm-hmm. for the ocean and bays. And uh-huh. then uh, I have a clock of craft, 18 foot clock of max um, for the rivers and, had a few different boats, and these uh, they just keep getting better and better. <laughs> Terrific. Now, some of our listeners may not know what a drift boat is. Can you explain that to them? Um, yeah, so it's um, uh, essentially a rowboat. Um, you know, it's a shallow shallow boat. The clock craft is a fiberglass, so it actually flexes, like, when the water gets low. You know, sometimes uh-huh. we're kind of going over gravel bars, and you'll feel the bottom flex over but essentially i'm just rowing the boat down the river um and there's a few different techniques we use you know fishing out of the boat um right like bobbers or plugs but uh well and 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 in your area if if people are not familiar with uh northwestern oregon you know these rivers can 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 be shallow and then they can be deep and there's some rapids and that sort of thing and taking a motorized craft, one is maybe not advisable, and two, maybe even illegal in some of the places that you fish. It is illegal in a lot of the places I fish, and it, it would just be downright scary um, with people running sleds and, and power boats up the rivers and, and these drift boats coming down. I mean, uh, yeah. yeah, you know, it's, yeah. it's funny. I talk to people about drift boats in, in, uh, on a day to day basis, and, and some people, like you were saying, I mean, think about them as a rowboat but i i mean you know the 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 technology now behind the drift boat is amazing because it has the rakes in it to get through the you know the fast water and that sort of thing you've got heaters in them one of the manufacturers i forget who it is they're putting in something called a pizza oven where you can you can heat your pastries and that sort of thing as you float down the river yeah, I've I've actually had one of those on my boat. Um, I used it for warm towels, but uh, that's kind of the fancy, heavy stuff I've kind of gotten yeah. away from. You know, I've just um, it it is neat, but um, most of my guys, I, I offer them all the time to pull over and do a hot lunch, and they're like, you know, what? I'd rather uh-huh. do fishing. So <laughs> Very- most of the time, that's what we do. I I enjoy you know getting a shore lunch and doing you know uh, we've done elk burgers or. Uh-huh. Um, caught my moose, did some moose burgers on the river, or a piece of steelhead we've caught the day before, and pull over and kind of yeah. fish on the bank and fish. But and if guys want to do that, I love it, but not everyone does. Yeah, very good. Yeah, so it's not just like you're sitting on a on a on a uh, wooden plank board um, trying to hang on. I mean, you've got seats in this thing and the whole thing. Oh yeah. Yep. Uh, oh, that's cool. 
that that's cool. And then this new Willys you picked up. I mean, that's quite a boat. That you were telling me the other day that you've got what what like heated seats in it, and and uh, I mean it it it's it's all tricked out. It is, yeah. It's been the boat I've been dreaming about since I was a little kid. I mean, it is a a fishing machine. It's uh, I kind of went all out on it. The heated seats. We did a windshield up front, you know, to kind of uh -huh. help keep just for safety and and keeping uh, people dry if they want to go up front there i mean it's right. an ocean boat so you still need rain gear if it is going to rain but it just allows for a lot of room and uh -huh. it really is nice. it's a heated seat so if you do get cold it just little heat on the butt always seems to warm you up <laughs> so so true so so we're talking now just in the holidays um and your your next season coming up is the steelhead season is that right yeah winter steelhead fishing is uh just kind of kicking off and we finally got some rain i'm actually not fishing today because of all the rain we got um and i'm gonna get out there tomorrow uh i've been catching some steelhead we got uh three two days in a row and then the third day um which was two days ago wow. we got steelhead but been been getting some every day uh-huh wow that's that's amazing man i mean you're from you know from others that i've been talking to they're not picking up that many fish if any fish at all but that's of course why you got the good knee <laughs> well, it's it's bad when i think you know one to three fish is a slow day a lot uh -huh. of people they're like man that's one of the best days i've had of the season i mean i talk to people that you know, struggle a lot with steelhead, and I guess just yeah, fishing yeah. for them all the time is really kind of. I've learned a lot about them. Now, th this time of year, how big are the steelhead in your area? Um, the ones we've been catching lately, we got one that was probably ten pounds the other day, but I'd say they're they're six to twelve pounds on average. Um, uh -huh. We'll start getting some some bigger ones. I mean, every year we get some, uh, you know, fifteen to twenty pound range. So holy moly. Holy moly. And, and that's just pure muscle, isn't it? I mean, the steelhead I've got, I mean, it, it, it just amazes me how much fighter in there, uh, in those fish. Oh, they're so fun. It's, you know, we're so close to the ocean. So these fish are fresh out of the salt. Um, every fish we've hooked this season, uh, like I said, I've gotten seven in the past three days and uh -huh. uh, they were just cartwheeling all over. It was, it was so fun to watch. I mean, you knew right when you hooked them, what, uh, what they were we were we were getting some salmon too that um, unfortunately this season we've had to release, but uh, uh -huh. trying to target the steelhead really. Now, are you having to release any of the steelhead this time of year? Um, if they're wild fish, we do release them, but I am also part of a uh, program here on the north coast uh, that is involved with brood stocking uh, wild steelhead. So if we catch oh, a wild really? steelhead, I have a big tank on my boat with an aerator in it. Uh -huh. and, uh, we will put the steelhead in there with some water and then take him to the hatchery and uh, they will use his offspring for future runs. Oh, no kidding. Now, how did you get to be part of that program? Um, you know, there's a few guys uh, that, that, that started a long time ago down here, Jack Smith and Tim Juarez, uh, um, uh -huh. were a big part of uh, getting ODFW to uh, start the broodstock program. Uh, it's been going on. Got it's got to be a bit longer, a little bit longer than I've been down here, but uh, it's been a really successful program with, uh, you know, fish we catch, and they right. use brood um, 
of their offspring for hatchery fish. So it just seems like good, good fighting fish and nice genetics. For wow. Big- you know, on, on Facebook the last uh, what day or so, um, I've been seeing some posts about uh, the, about people talking about what is it the uh, Oregon Fish, uh, Division of Fish and Wildlife are saying now. They're they're sort of admitting that the the brood stock is not affecting, or actually the the stock fish is not affecting the wild fish. Is that right? Yeah, I've seen a lot about that too. I mean, there's a lot of uh, different. Uh, ideas going on about that and you know science mm-hmm. proves this one week and then you know how <laughs> is it it updates and a little bit later you find out oh maybe that's that's not the case so yeah um but yeah I, I think we need hatchery fish here i mean um our our runs here on the coast seem great we you know we have great habitat um luckily the the uh sea lions and seals aren't a huge problem i mean i did see a ton of steelhead and salmon the last few years with marks from them but compared to like the columbia river i would say we have it easily wow so then after steelhead fishing what is that ends what maybe march or april something like that and then your your spring chinook comes in is that what you i'll be uh i'll be fishing steelhead all the way through april Uh uh-huh and then i go into uh spring chinook I, I may do some up on the columbia but it's such a dismal run it looks like this year they're forecasting uh pretty small runs so right. i'm probably just going to target steelhead and then uh may go into our spring chinook here and, and bottom fishing trips now the bottom fishing you and i've talked about quite a bit you've got uh, what like cod that you go after and sea bass and then yeah, wing cod, sea bass. Uh, I even did some halibut fishing with great success last year. Um, I really? Procure is a great sponsor of mine. They've uh, helped me a lot throughout the years, and uh, they uh, some of their scents they have uh, those bottom fish. You know, when they're 100 or 200 foot deep, having a scent on your bait can just be night and day difference. No kidding. Well, tell me a little bit more about the halibut. You're not having to go very far offshore to find those now? Yeah, so I like to fish near shore for them. Um, I have a few spots that have been pretty productive for me over the last five, six years. Uh-huh. Um, um, so we go out of Garibaldi. We're fishing no deeper than 240 foot of water. That can be, that, that's shallow for... Uh, yeah, for the- halibut, that's shallow. Yeah. I mean, most people you talk to out of the Columbia or the, the uh, deep, deep shore uh, or what is it all depth season um mm-hmm. they're fishing anywhere from 650 to 900 foot of water or more good lord really for a little 20 30 pounder it's i don't know i mean if you want to go catch a bunch of fish and and spend a long time getting out there and doing it but that's good but uh yeah you've been having some great success with with big fish too uh uh you know less than 200 foot of water heck last year we were getting them in 150 to 120 foot of water wow now how big of uh, how big are you picking up uh, the biz- biggest one i got last year was uh it was 65 inches it was a little bit over 70 almost 75 pounds wow that's a fish man um that, that's and a nice fish. i didn't you know i didn't target them we targeted them a few days and we had really good success i uh i had guys that really preferred salmon fishing over it you know the halibut they are great eating and it, mm-hmm. they can be kind of boring to sit there and try and get them to bite sometimes i mean that's fishing in general but they're not the right. best 
fighters, but man, they're great eating. Yeah, I you know I spent a week this uh, this last summer up in Alaska, and we targeted halibut a number of those days that we were up there, and uh, that was the first time that I've ever fished with uh, um, true jigs. I mean, you tie a jig right to you know right to your line and just jig it off the bottom. Are, now, how are you fishing halibut where you're at? Um, yeah, we'll, we'll use jigs sometimes. Um, a lot of times for the the sea bass and ling cod, we'll we'll jig for them. Uh, for the halibut, I like to run a herring um, with some uh, injected fish oils by mm -hmm. Procure. Um, I like to inject my baits with those. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Wow. They have a few different flavors, uh, herring, sardine works. Um, one I really like is called butt juice, like halibut. <laughs> really? Okay. That, that really is a, that's been a killer for me. Yeah, don't get that on your hand. Holy smokes. <laughs> well, it's got a little bit of anise. And yeah. uh, I don't know, maybe some garlic and different fish oils in it, but uh, uh -huh. fish seem to love it. Wow, wow! And and what's um, what's the limit uh, for you on halibut and bottom? It's fish? one per person. Hey, say that again. It's one per person. Okay, well that's so, not bad. Is, is that per season also or day? That's uh, one per day. I think you're allowed five a season. I believe I'd have to look, but uh, okay. Uh, you know, also on some of those days, if all depths is closed, they have some funny rules for halibut. If all depth is, is closed and only the near shore is open, which I like to target near shore, you're allowed right. to have sea bass and lingcod in addition to halibut on board. So some of the oh. days we got those halibut, we also had lingcod and sea bass to go home with too. Wow, that's a great day, man. Yeah, that's kind of funny. If If – you're, if it's an all depths day and you catch a halibut inshore, you better make sure it's the first fish you catch because if you have bottom fish on board, you have to let it go. Oh, because they're classifying it as the, in, in, as, as the same type of fish. That's interesting. Yes, yeah, you can't, you can't target. I, essentially what they don't want, I guess, is people going out to catch halibut and then coming in and getting their bottom fish too or something. I don't know. I don't know what they, their idea behind it is, but. Um, yeah, it's just one of those weird rules we have to follow, I guess. I'll be darned. Well, well you know, we, we've talked about, your, you know, the type of fish that you go after. And, and I mean, your, your success is phenomenal. It, it's legendary, really has been. But in a real short period of time, I mean, what, what do you attribute your success to it, of, of being a, a full-time guide, you know, in, in Oregon in just, a, in, in just a short amount of time? What? What have you done to build your business that other people haven't have done, Ted? I mean, uh, any fishing guide is going to have to be successful to have repeat clients. Um, and right. I just I fish it all the time here. I mean, if if you fish Tillamook area, Tillamook County enough, and you don't know who I am, you're probably not fishing enough because you have yep. seen me out there. I'm out there a lot, more than 90% of the people I see here fish. I mean, I don't. I, I fish every day. If, if not, I don't fish all day all the time, but I'll do a fast trip in the river most days. I mean, that's one of my favorite things about living in Tillamook County is those really crappy days where no one wants to be on the water. I'm out there catching fish because nobody else can get on the water. And I just, that's part of one of my perks of living in little Tillamook, Oregon, that I get uh -huh. a date myself on the river once in a while when the weather's really crappy. So yeah. Well, that must be a nice change of pace, being able to 
fish out there with nobody else on the water. It doesn't happen very often, but uh, when it does, it makes it worthwhile living here, I guess. Yeah. I'm just curious. I mean, because you do run a, a lot of repeat business, I know. I mean, do you do anything special to get people to rebook? I mean, are you trying to book them at the end of the trip and, and for another trip, or how does that work? Um, I should. You know, I'm, I'm actually just going through my uh, past uh, records from past years, and I'm going to start kind of calling people. But usually my, my guys just get a hold of me. Um, uh -huh. I have guys that kind of do pick the same days every year. So I kind of go through my books and call them, Hey, do you want these days this year? If not, which days do you want? Because I, you know, have people calling and um, especially later in the season after the sportsman shows, I'll be pretty booked up for a lot of the peak tides. Oh, that's so you, you do many sportsman shows then? Uh, just do the Portland show. Uh, I, we're talking about doing the Sacramento show next year in 2020. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that would be fun. Um, you know, we, we do offer lodging here at my place down on the coast. So it's, we'd like to get some people down for multiple day trips. It's really, um, my wife and I love having people down here and it's it's a lot of fun to have. So you have a, what, a cabin or something on your property? Yeah, we do. Yeah. And uh, the back we converted, uh, uh, a, we had a wood uh working area that the guy we bought the house from all insulated nice uh, uh -huh. building on the back property and we converted it into an apartment so it's a really nice place oh, cool. for it can sleep four people um mm -hmm. you can sleep more but it has four beds and uh so guys can just stay there and uh, my wife does all the cooking breakfast lunch and dinner for us and we go fish not i hear jamie's a heck of a cook she is yes that's terrific. I, I joke with people all the time, you know, uh, we do lunches for everyone. And that's one thing a lot of guides don't do. I don't know if it's a huge thing, but I joke with my clients, you know, say, well, if you don't, if you don't enjoy fishing with me, maybe you'll come back for my wife's lunch. <laughs> well, but I mean, but that is a big thing. I mean, it, you know, how, I don't, I can't tell you how many times I've gone fishing with somebody and my, my lunch has been picked up at, at the Seven Eleven, and it's a Gatorade, some Twinkies and pistachio nuts, you know, and uh, it, it'd be nice to have a, yeah. have a really nice lunch prepared. That'd be cool. Yeah, she does do a really nice lunch. She uh, takes care of us on and uh -huh. off the water. Oh, terrific. So, so let me ask you, I mean, fishing as much as you've done, you have lots of memories and lots of stories, but is there one, one instance or one trip that, uh, uh, you know, it kind of is highlighted in your mind that it was either the most fun I ever had or the craziest experience I've ever had. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of my days start just kind of blending in. The, the thing I really like is just making the memories with people and just when they're having an awesome day and I can be a part of it and and help with that. It just really makes my day too. I mean, uh, father son trips or. I do father-daughter trips, too, that are a lot of fun. Um, yeah. I actually have uh, uh, Don and Jennifer. Uh, I've been fishing them for, gosh, like 10 years now, and they've been taking their kids ever since they were little. Wow. And, uh, uh, their daughter, Maya, had a steelhead on. I don't remember if it was last year or the year before, but mm -hmm. it was the first steelhead ever, and it made a few jumps and then jumped right in the boat. <laughs> Really? No kidding. 
It's for, only time I've ever had that happen with a steelhead. I've had a salmon do it um, before, yeah. but uh, never had a steelhead do that. And it was it was pretty unique. Her first time ever, and you know she got it casting on her own, and it was it was a it was fun. I mean, I'll just never forget laughing with those guys so hard with that fish jumped right in the boat and trying to get a picture and let it go real quick it was a while well, well that that poor young lady has all these crazy expectations now of the fish <laughs> just jump in the boat <laughs> oh she's been fishing since with me since she was a, a little girl and uh she she does really well now oh that's terrific that, that is terrific you know I, I i talk with a lot of guides about the importance of what they do and i really truly honestly in my heart feel it's one of the most important jobs out there. And, and the reason why, and you hit on it, is that, you know, you've got a guy that's 87, 88, you know, 90 years old on his deathbed. And he's probably not sitting there with his eyes closed thinking of all the business deals he's done. He's probably reliving more of those fishing trips that he goes on than anything else, you know? And just being a part of that and helping people make that memory is really important, is it? Yeah, I love it. I mean, uh, it's there's there's mornings I hate getting up for it, but uh, I I do I, I really love it. It's it's fun. All my clients, uh, you know, they're all my friends. I mean, I send a lot of them Christmas cards, and, uh -huh. and uh, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be able to fish every day. I mean, that's part of it. A absolutely. Uh, I love being able to do it, and I'm glad that people uh, want to go out with me and uh, enjoy uh -huh. it. I can help share my knowledge and all the all the research, as I tell my wife, uh, you know, that's why I'm out on the water all the time. So. Of course, that's your laboratory, man. Yep. yep. Oh, that's cool. So, Ted, if uh, somebody wants to come and fish with you or contact you about a trip, how do they do that? Um, the easiest way to, would be to go to my website, uh, uh -huh. profishguide.com. Okay. Um, or you can contact my wife, Jamie, and her number is 503 812-2225. Very good. And then you're also, you were saying, going to be at the at the Portland Sportsman Show in 2019, right? Yep. In 2019, our booth number will be 1403. And we've had that spot. Uh, it's in the new building, uh, kind of by the fly casting pond. Actually, the complete opposite end of that aisle to the fly casting pond, but it's in that building. Got it. Got it. Well, very good. Well, hey, I want to thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us uh, today, Ted. Uh, like I said, I, I'm, I, I really envy you on, on the job that, you know, that you do and the name that you've made for yourself. And um, I'm sure, you know, things are just going to continue to get better and better. And you're going to be offering more and more things as, as the years go on. And I, I just commend you for that. Thank you, Ted. Very good. Well, hey, happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you and your family. And um, again, thanks for being on Fish on Dead. Thank you.